Uh, yeah, I saw him when he, he came to Denver, I want to say 18 or 19, um, and performed at Red Rocks here in Denver. And I, I cried. Like, when he walked on stage, I cried. And I was like, this is this is an unreal. Like, this guy is just like him walking out on stage and his first couple jokes. And my friends were, like, trying to talk to me. And I was just, I was watching this guy who I, like, grew up watching. I know all of his jokes. The Chappelle Show is the greatest, if one of the greatest TV shows, if not the greatest sketch show of all time. That was Elon Stribling connecting us to his Chappelle story. A whole lot of comedy and just the right touch of fly fishing today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how you doing today? If you get a chance, quickly check out the giveaway we have going. We always have a giveaway going on this year, so anytime you get a chance, wetflyswing.com slash giveaway. Check it out right now. It uh, it might be a trip. It might be a rod. It might be a uh, boat. Maybe a boat. Check it out. See what we got going. Today's episode is presented by Rare Gear. Rare Gear makes unique and innovative fishing gear to help you travel faster, lighter, and fish more often. This telescoping fly rod doesn't need guides and packs up small enough to fit in the pocket of your backpack with the fly tied on. This is likely the most unique rod you've seen this year. You can head over to raregear.com to check it out right now. That's rare, R-E-Y-R, gear.com. Check it out right now. Elin Stribling, the Black Steve Erlin on Instagram, is here to share his story of comedy and fly fishing. We get a real down-to-earth perspective and insight into what stand-up comedy is all about and how this connects to Elon's life in fly fishing. We find out where the Black Steve Irwin name came from, why he uses comedy for his therapy, and some favorite destinations he's going to be hitting in, uh, in fly fishing this year. Stay tuned towards the end of this one where I try to get Elon on for a little stand-up riff, and it actually didn't amount to much. So uh, stay tuned to that. Without further ado, here is Elon Stribling. How's it going, Elon? What's up, everybody? How's it going? I'm I'm Elon Stribling. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for doing this. Uh, we've uh, I was uh, noting this just quickly. Uh, I think uh, Mario on the Anchor Up and Chill podcast. I heard you there, and it was pretty interesting. And I've been checking out some of the the YouTube. You've done some stuff out there, and on the comedy end, and obviously fly fishing is a big part of your life as well. We're gonna dig into both of those topics. And maybe a few other random things, but uh, take us back really quickly on fly fishing. I'm always curious how you got into fly fishing. How did that start out for you? Uh, yeah, so growing up, I knew my grandfather, my gramps was like into fly fishing, but I didn't really know what it was, or he never taught me. Uh, and it sort of took a while. When I get to when I got to college, my I had a like a wildlife intro to wildlife biology class, and my professor said like if you take this like four week fly tying course you get like extra credit and i really needed extra credit (laughs) so this girl and i uh who i was dating at the time took the class and i fell in love with tying flies and and learning and asking questions about fishing and doing demonstrations and stuff and at the end of the class he took it to this pond this like little private pond with all these carp and i just remember being like i i want to catch one of those fish and so i just like I, I just immediately became obsessed with trying to figure out the puzzle piece. And that was in 2014. Uh, and then ever since then, I, 
I bought like the cheapest fly rod and reel combo and just every day before school, after school, work, anything. I was always on the water or watching fishing videos or just trying to figure it out. Uh, driving around Colorado, just bumming it. Um, yeah. And then just, and then it just consumed my life. <laughs> it's just a hobby. It's an expensive hobby, yeah. but it's a, it's a fun one. It's worth it. That's right. So also on the, the wildlife end, what, what got you into, uh, is it just the fact that you're in Denver, that that's pretty popular or what, how'd you get into that as far as a career? No, my grandfather was a, he, he's a wild, he was a wildlife biologist for a division of wildlife. And so I watched him growing up and heard stories of um, him rescuing raptors. And uh, he worked in South Africa for a bit. And my name, Eland, actually means largest African antelope. So, Oh, wow. We grew up watching uh, like Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, oh, and, nice. and the Jeff Corn experience and all these nets. So I just, growing up, it was either Tom and Jerry or a nature show. Uh, and so I've always just had like a love and inclination to care and like the outdoors. Um, and then when I got to college, I was like, I want to be a vet because I wanted to, quote unquote, save animals. And uh, realized that vet, net, vet medicine was not <laughs> was not for me. Um, and found the, the intro to wildlife class and just just fell in love. That's it. That's it. And I love that. I was wondering about that with the black Steve Irwin because it's uh, right away it catches your eye. You're like, what? What is this? Steve yeah. Irwin? Who is Steve Irwin? First of all, you're thinking like, I know that name. Who is Steve Irwin? He's obviously, uh, he was the, was he the crocodile hunter? Yeah, he was He was a guy who would run around in, in small shorts and high socks and yep. grab snakes and crocodiles and birds and yell at the camera for you and talk about how we need to protect them and how beautiful they are and stuff, so... That's it. That's it. Steve Irwin was amazing. And I think actually, tragically, didn't he get like eaten or something like that? Or Yeah, he got well, he got stabbed by a stingray. Oh, right. And then he like pulled the um, the stinger out of his heart and just like bled out. Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's yeah. Have you, so, I mean, obviously, uh, that's a tragic ending. Um, but uh, for you, I mean, this has been a good thing because you've you've had this passion for wildlife and, and now fish and, uh, and you have this comedy thing too, which is actually like the X factor, maybe the thing that really separates you from a lot of the other, uh, wildlife and, uh, fishing people out there. Talk about that. Have you always had this comedic thing and how long have you been doing all that? Um, not, I mean, not really like growing up. I wasn't, I still don't think like out of my friend group, I don't think I'm the funniest person in my family. I don't think I'm the funniest person. Um, whenever I'm around my friends and family, like I'm the one that's laughing or just shaking my head and stuff. So I don't think I, j I have like a, I grew up being a comedian or anything like that. I remember my first comedy special. I was at my friend's house when I was in like middle school and they were all doing something. I was watching Cat Williams, American Hustle. And I just remember like, you know, I didn't get to watch that stuff in my house. And I remember sitting there and being like, this guy is just telling stories. And everyone is just sitting and la and I was like, that's like a superpower. And I just, yeah, I, f I fell in love with that. And uh, then just started watching more comedy specials and learning about comedy history. And it's, it's just like a, such a cool ability. And then when people are really good, you get to see like, wow, that person's great. And then, um, and then in college, it was like my third year of school and was going through some, you know, stuff in my life. And I remember I took a test and I was like, let me just go. Let's just go, like, go watch comedy because I'm pretty sure I failed that test. Like, let me just go watch comedy. And I went to like a comedy open mic 
watch these people and I was like, man, these are everyone's so good. And they were like, yeah, I've been doing it for like a year. And like in my mind, it would be something that you would be doing for, you know, 10, 20. And they're like, no, I've been doing it for a year, a couple months. And I was like, oh, and then the next week I went up and I just did it. I just, wow. I, I just did it. And I've always loved public speaking. So actually getting up and speaking in front of body was not, it didn't phase me, but it was like the, like, here's jokes. Like, here's something that I'm trying to make you laugh at. And yeah, the first time I did it, I did great. And I got off stage and people were like, wow, you're amazing. How long you been doing this? And I was like, oh, that's huh. my first time. And then the next, like, 10 or 20 times, I sucked. I didn't get any laughs. Oh, right. Uh, and then it just became sort of like fishing where it's like a little puzzle piece of like, okay, this worked. Why didn't this work this time? Maybe I can change this. Should I just try something completely new? And yeah, and then I just I met really cool people. And then I learned a lot about myself through comedy. And I learned a lot about like the world. Sadly, I get most of my news from comedians because I'm like, I hear a comedian say something on stage, and I'm like, is that true? And I go look it up, and I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. Uh, So, yeah, I I, I genuinely love just making people laugh. Yeah, that's amazing. And and what does that feel like? Because that's always a challenge. I always think, you know, you hear about that, like everybody should try stand-up, but, you know, nobody does. I mean, what's that like when you're up there 10 times and just sucking? I mean, how does that feel on stage? It's a terrible feeling. It's a... (laughs) I mean, like, literally nobody is laughing. You're up there in front, and, I mean... How do you keep going with that? Is that is that pretty much how it is? You're just sitting up there and everybody's just looking at you? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for four years now, coming up on five years. And even two nights ago, I went up on stage and for four minutes, I didn't get one laugh or one reaction. And I was like, this is a terrible thing. And I wasn't mad at the crowd. That was my fault. No. They were laughing at other people, you know? Right. Is it more when you get into that something where you feel like maybe it's just not the right audience for that situation? Uh, no, I think, I think, uh, I don't know what comedian I was watching his interview, but he was like, it, if, if it's a good joke, I don't care who the audience is, they'll laugh. Oh, right. And I just don't think I, I was like trying some new stuff and I was like, yeah, this, this is all just garbage. <laughs> they all just, right. this deserves what it's getting right now. So, and it's just, it's just part of the game. It's just, you know, part of getting skunked some days on the water. You're just like, I know fish are here, but it's just not working out today. Yeah, that, that, it's amazing. I love this because, I mean, I've listened. Obviously, there's some like Mark Marin, right? He talks a lot about it on his podcast and about the stand, the process of being a, a stand-up comedian, right? Where you just have to go through that process of really sucking. But, uh, you know, how do you, what does your process look like when you're preparing for, you know, do you like go through a whole process of getting ready for this stand-up event and then try stuff and then tweak it? Yeah, so um, sometimes it's, like if it's a big show and I have to prove something in a sort of sense, I'll do like my best jokes that I know absolutely work. Like I'll do my mm. my best jokes where I'm like this. I know that I know where people are gonna laugh. I know, like I just know that it's going to work. Sometimes you know I go up on stage and I'm not in a good mood or I'm sad or I'm angry or I'm really happy about something and I'll just get up there and I'll I'll talk about sort of what's what's going on or what I have an issue with or anything like that. And I, I really enjoy doing that because it's like a it's just like a way to talk therapy. Talk yeah, it's like a way to just talk stuff out and no one has to argue or <laughs> say I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just like a selfish way to to talk about what I'm feeling. That's cool. And then um That's amazing. Uh and then sometimes I just 
sometimes I write stuff and I'm like, okay, I want to try this one joke and I'll do all my other jokes and throw that joke in the middle. And the rest of the time I'm, I'm not really paying attention. I really care. But that one joke, I'm like, ah, and then maybe if it works, I take it to the next show and maybe add something or take something out or just keep doing it until I'm like, okay, that crowd liked it. Why didn't this crowd like it? Was it my cadence? Was it the diction? Like what was about it? Um, and then sometimes I'm just like riffing, just, just talking and a joke comes out of it or I'm joking with the crowd and something comes out of it. Uh, and I'm like, Oh, I can turn that into a joke. Uh, so it, it just, it, it varies. I do sit down and write, uh, and I keep like notes in my phone, but, um, it varies from, absolutely know what i'm gonna do to just talking about how i feel <laughs> yeah that is that's really powerful so and on i mean obviously you know fly fishing and, and outdoors i mean do you find yourself always talking or is this just a mix of all sorts of comedy it might be fly fishing one day and it might be like world affairs the next uh no i re it's 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 always people always ask me that it's really hard to you know, like if you fly fish you understand like what the community and industry makes fun of so you would you would get jokes but to the regular world most people don't a lot of people don't fish most of those people don't fly fish and so talking to a crowd of a hundred people there may be one or two people in there who actually fly fish or even know what it is so it's 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 tricky that yeah don't really talk about fishing much just because it's not a a universal thing you know like gotcha. it's not a it's not a thing that everyone's gonna be like oh i know what the tinkara fisherman is and then no. you make fun of them or throw that in there as like an insult or slight um so it's it's uh so i really don't talk about i do talk about animals quite a bit and i just make up silly facts about animals or tell animal stories but it's most i just i pretty much just call my comedy like uh um i just have a problem with a bunch of stuff where i have questions you know and i'm always like asking or confused or i'm like asking on stage and then trying to figure out the answer gotcha like for example here's an example for you this is one that's been on me for a while and then if i had a comedian a, a bit i would probably do this but we had an episode on kamchatka we were talking about fly fit this amazing trip to kamchatka right it was like oh my god you know will blair broke out a, like this huge episode and I got a bunch of feedback on it, like, oh, my God, who, all right, let's go. We're going to Russia. And then, you know, the next week, Putin starts invading another country. And it's like, oh, OK, well, I guess we're not going to Kamchatka anymore. You know, Putin's kind of doing all this stuff. But, I mean, that's the sort of thing that is kind of funny in a weird way, but it actually is real, legit stuff, right? I mean, he's actually, there's like war going on. I mean, how, how deep do you go in your stuff? I mean, do you just, is, is it open? Is like with you as comedy, like, how do you know when you've gone too far or, or can you? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I I talk about stuff, you know, about, you know, my family. I've had family members pass away in the last couple of years. So I've talked about like, them on stage i've talked about you know going through relationship stuff i've talked about insecure i've talked about really personal stuff that i would never ever tell a person one-on-one but i feel like telling the crowd is sort of a cheating way to do it you know a cheating way to say like this is how i feel but it's it's real but it's not real um yeah i've talked about uh black lives matter on stage i've talked about all right I've talked about I don't I don't really believe there's a there's a uh, I'm not one of those people that's like there's stuff in comedy you shouldn't joke about I think there's you should be able to joke about anything the only caveat is 
if if you're good enough and it's funny, then you'll get, you'll get away with it. If people laugh. If it's not funny, oh. then you have to risk the consequence of, you know. Right. That's amazing. So bottom line is that's the crazy thing. So you could talk about literally anything, but it's got to be funny. And if it's funny, you can get drilled. And if it's or if it's not funny, you can get grilled. If it's funny, you're you're good to go. Yeah, you're 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 doing you're doing good wow. comedy. So that lines right into a point I was just thinking about because. I mean, I've got all sorts of, of course, we all love, you know, like, you know, Eddie Murphy, you know, like Chris, there's all these amazing uh, people out there, the um, Robin Williams, right, all these, but, uh, you know, I we were talking in another episode about, I can't remember where it came up, but Eddie Murphy, right, because back in the 80s when he was doing his, like, the Raw and stuff, I mean, it was, it was Raw, I mean, right, it was, like, hardcore, and you probably couldn't do that these days, some of that stuff, but because we've just, it's the way it is, so... Do you see that where there's some of that? Because okay, you're talking about like everything's open, but there's probably still some stuff that you, you can't touch. Or what's your take on that? Like looking at Eddie Murphy. I'm not sure you mentioned our, um, history, comedy history. I'm sure Eddie's probably a guy out there you, you know, maybe influenced you. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's one of those comedians that like single-handedly changed. Um, or one of, yeah, one of the comedians who kind of single-handedly changed comedy. But I don't think you could be able to do like if, Raw and Delirious came out today. I don't think it would go well, but right. um, he was a product of the time he was in. So I mean, like as our society has evolved in the last was that the eighties? Yeah. As our society has evolved in the last forty years, twenty years, ten years, then you sort of see the material change. So I think he could he could do those jokes. But some of the stuff, like some of just the language, he would just have to change or some of the ideas he would have mm. to change. But I still think like you could do jokes about, you know, being so famous that someone comes up and just yell something at you. Uh, or you could, you know, say, you know, stuff about different LGBT communities as long as you, you know, make it funny or and people are going to be upset at everything. But it's just like yeah. uh, if it's funny and it's not causing personal, I th- I think if. If something's funny and it's not causing harm to like go attack a group, like as long as the comedian's not saying like, let's go out there and get you know people who drink frosties with straws, then I think it's it's fine. So I think he could, I think he'd do it. It's just one, it might not go as well as it did back then, and also he would have to change some stuff because comedy evolves with you know the society that it's in. Right, right. And you mentioned, I'm just interested on this because of the, the, you mentioned the comedy history. And I've always, we always try to dig into a little of the fly fishing history stuff when we can. But what what does that mean when you say that fly, comedy history? Are you like a, a, a history buff on like all the people that have come before you or what, what's that look like? I mean, I try, I try to be, you know, I, there's just so many uh, legends that like did, like that did stuff that without them doing that, I wouldn't be here doing comedy or like Dave Chappelle wouldn't be like, yeah, doing comedy or Lisa right. Lampanelli wouldn't be able to say. So, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a docu-series on with CNN called the history of comedy. Oh, cool. And it, it goes back. Um, and this is just one of the things I've watched, but it goes back to like, um, when they used to do comedy in like, uh, um, in like those, those dancing rooms, like those burlesque rooms, like there used to be people who would go up in between the burlesque dancers and just talk. And those, that was sort of like the beginning ish of like stand up. Um, and then they had like TV comedy and then they talk about women in the fifties and sixties and 
and Joan Rivers who did comedy who would just go up there and, and talk stuff and then uh, like Red Red Fox, they used to play comedy albums and Red Fox released a comedy album and it was called a party album. And a party album was like an album that you would play like either by yourself or with people you really trust because it had like vulgar words and mm. crazy stories and stuff. And then hmm. um, you get to see the people who like, you know, Lenny Bruce who got arrested 10 times in a row in 10 nights for just going up there and asking questions or telling jokes about the Catholic church or, or church and they didn't, like that wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed to talk about the church right. or you got arrested. And now it's like, yeah, you, if someone got arrested for talking about the church, you'd be like, that's in, that's insane. But that was, that was comedy history. Without him doing that, we'd never would have, people would never would have been like, well, that's, that's dumb. And then more comics after that do that and they can't arrest everybody. So you just, you, you learn like little parts of the history that are fascinating. Like they, the SNL, SNL created the seven second time delay in TV because Richard Pryor was hosting and they didn't know what he was going to say. So instead of oh, having no it kidding. live, they had the, instead of having it live because they wanted to make sure he didn't say anything crazy that they couldn't bleep out or turn off. So it's just stuff like that where it's like, oh, yeah, Richard Pryor changed TV, like live TV history. Wow, that is so cool. Yeah, I love the history. This is. Definitely, we could chat about this for a long time because I love this stuff. And Richard Pryor, obviously, another person I wasn't even thinking about who is just gigantic. I mean, who are those people? When you just say, you know, you mentioned a few of them, you know, Eddie Murphy, Richard. Who are the, you know, on that list of the gigantic, kind of more, you know, recent, whatever, 50 years, 100 years? Uh, who are those people to you that come to your mind? Um, I would probably say, like, in terms of all comedy community, I would probably say... Richard Pryor. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the guy who has the seven seven words you're not supposed to say? Oh yeah, 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 Carlin. Uh, yes, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, and uh, Murphy. Probably Eddie Murphy are like in terms of comedy genius, and and unfortunately Bill Cosby also. Oh, and Cosby, I know. Uh, like he, but you know, wipe away his all his yeah bad stuff. He like. I know. He, I heard a, a story about he, when he was like going on tour a couple years ago. He didn't, he didn't have an opening act. He didn't have anything. The crowd came in. He just had a chair with a microphone, and he walks in and just sits down, and for twenty minutes does like one joke and kills for like two hours. And people are like, "That's the greatest." Wow. He just talked, and he just talked. So, uh, Bill Cosby, Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, I think Richard Pryor are just people yeah. who. Like the world and the community wouldn't be this be the same without them. Now my favorites are um, Dave Chappelle, yep, um, this guy named Chad Daniels, who I think is one of the best comedy writers of all time, uh, Jackie Cation, and then uh, Bill Burr. Those, they're all still alive, and then Patrice O'Neill, but he passed away in 2011. A quick little break for you. Lake Lady Rods builds distinctive custom rods, each created one at a time to the exact specifications for you. Custom built to be super sensitive and perfect for you, Lake Lady uses world-class top-of-the-line components and all of the fixings. I can definitely attest to this with my Lake Lady rod. It is super clean. It's beautiful. It's got all sorts of bells and whistles on it. It's got uh, jungle cock inlays. It's got cool... Uh, all the guides, everything with this package is just unique. So you got to check it out. Head over and check out what Chris has right now 
Ever since Chris made his first rod to his first rod factory and saw the entire process, he's been pretty much smitten by this rod building industry. And, uh, and I just want to share that with you. I want you to connect with Chris. Lake Lady also restores and rebuilds bamboo rods from scratch and, and everything else under the sun. I want to connect you with this Lake Lady passion and promise. You will get the most unique custom rod you have seen this year. Check in with Lake Lady right now, wetflyswing.com slash Lake Lady. That's L-A-K-E-L-A-D-Y, Lake Lady. You support this podcast by clicking through that link to check in with Chris. Back to the show. So I know you have at least one kind of a, a fly fishing YouTube sk- I can't remember if it was through Patagonia or something, but where could we find, like, if you want to hear some of that past stuff you did, is, is there any of it online? Uh, it's on Instagram. Um, there is some stuff on YouTube, but I, I do upload all my stuff on YouTube, just sort of my own personal thing, but I sort of keep it private until I'm ready to chop it up and, and edit it out uh, to post. But yeah, there's stuff on YouTube or, or uh, I have a bunch of clips on Instagram that I upload, you know, once a week, every couple of weeks. So that's it. Okay. So we can find it. We just go to your YouTube and that's uh, uh black Steve Irwin, right? Yep. Perfect. Perfect. So this is good. So I think we have a good feel. I mean, we've dug in on the comedy and I just want to touch on a little bit. On, we can't leave this without a little bit on the fly fishing and we might circle back around to, uh, some of the other, uh, some of the other stuff that I'm curious on the fly fishing. So now is it just, you're like out there, whatever trout fishing and that's kind of what you do. Are you sticking to kind of the Colorado or are you traveling all around? Like, like you got trips everywhere. What, what do you do there? Yeah. So, uh, sort of in 2019, I got the opportunity to go saltwater fly fishing. Um, and I, I immediately fell in love. So, uh, I, I still trout fish. I, um, was born and raised in Colorado, so I never knew all of the water, but I love driving out with my dog and just just fishing anything or finding secret spots. Or I used to work for a couple uh, agencies, uh, and so I know some secret fishing spots. So I love I love trout. Uh, I've fished in mm-hmm. Montana, Idaho, California, um, Seattle, stuff like that. But uh, saltwater fishing just became like a a, a new like a new learning curve like a new challenge to understand and and figure out and and be decent at um so um and that's all i'm trying to do i'm not trying to be amazing or or a legend i just want to be decent at it and, and catch fish so yeah i've had the opportunity to go to um i fished in new zealand for trout i fished in south africa for trout i fished in uh Austra- uh australia what are you looking at as you look out at your saltwater trips, like species? What are you thinking you'd like to get get in there? Well, I've hooked in the six permit. Oh wow! And lost all six of them. <laughs> so, what, what, what part of the world was that in? Um, Mexico and Honduras. Wow! So you lost them all. That's crazy. Yep, on three of them, uh, the fly just came out of its mouth. I was fighting it for one fish. I was fighting for maybe five minutes. Maybe not five minutes. That's a, that's a long time. Maybe like it felt like longer, but maybe it was like two minutes and the hook just came out of its mouth um and then the other two the hook just i looked at the leader i looked at the yep. fly i looked i see if the hook was sharp and it just came out of his mouth um one of the permit hooked into and the person who tied the tippet to the leader um it just came off like oh it just, you could see the little little fizzly the little curly cues 
and I just I just saw it some way. So, oh. um, yeah, so I've hooked into six pyramid, lost all of them, but uh, <laughs> I love bonefish. I've I've caught like baby tarpon. I've caught like 150 pound plus tarpon. I've caught big snook. I've caught uh, triggerfish and jacks, and uh, I haven't caught a I really want to catch a uh, a GT, but mostly it's just like I want to catch a. I called a pretty nice uh, barracuda when I was in Florida last time. So, uh-huh. it's pretty much just pretty much just the permit is the only fish I I want to go fist fight. So, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's that's the hard one. That's definitely the hard one. That's cool. So you're uh, so yeah. So the fly fishing sounds like you're diversifying and kind of all around. And and so what you know when you think about kind of you mentioned also the fly fishing class. So you're doing also some kind of some training. Talk about that a little bit. What, what's that class involve? Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's very grassroots. It's not with the business or anything. I just, I personally want to see more. I think fly fishing is just one door to get into conservation and care about clean water and care about protecting land and care about species. And so I, I want to teach as many people who maybe have never heard of fly fishing or have never had the opportunity to learn about fly fishing to get into it. So I have a casting class that I did the last three years. Um, and it's like once a month, once every couple of weeks. And I just, I take, I show up at a park, I post it on Instagram or Facebook groups. And I try to people to come out and I just teach people how to cast a fly rod and they can ask whatever question they want. There's no dumb questions and they could learn as much as, as much as they want. And it's, it's purely just for the fact I just want to get people to get introduced to it. And then at the end of the year, um, I have a friend who works with a guy who has like a private pond, maybe like an hour outside Denver. Um, and we take people up there. And if people stuck around for a couple of classes or are interested, they can come up there and catch, you know, like stocked trout out of this pond. But, um, yeah, I, I really believe in um conservation and education and so fly fishing is just another tool of that it's not even the solution but it's just another tool of that so yeah we have fly casting clinics and uh stuff like that that's great yeah yeah and and we obviously the same here you know we try to hit on the conservation we don't do a ton of episodes but we occasionally sprinkle one in but yeah that's like the most important thing and i totally agree the more even though people complain about it right you're in you're in colorado or wherever you complain about more people out there fishing on your water it's still we're going to be better off if we have more people fly fishing even if that means crowded waters because those people like you said will be conservation minded absolutely yeah that's great how many podcasts do you think you've done over the year or this type of deal Mm, maybe like maybe not that much maybe like 10 ish yeah 10 somewhere in there i said the same what's the out of the question you've had what's been the weirdest uh question to you that you remember that you've you've received on a like an interview oh that's a that's probably a good question right there <laughs> um, <laughs> uh probably the i don't know if i've had any I don't know if I've had any like weird questions or right. Or even just something that I was, I can't remember. I was listening to something you were saying out there and I think, um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, it, it's kind of hard. I think of myself because it's you, you, when you do so many of these things, sometimes they start to fade, right? You, you do 10, 20, hundred, um, you start to, you don't remember all of them. I mean, do you remember all of your, your podcast episodes pretty clearly? No, not at all. 
No. Yeah, not at all. Sometimes I get, uh, very rarely I get messages of like, oh, I heard you on this and that. And I'm like, I don't remember doing that. But thank you for, for listening. I hope you subscribe to that person's podcast. Uh, yeah, mostly it's about fishing, comedy. I'm a big uh, Formula One fan, F1 fan. Oh, wow. So yeah. uh, I think I think only on one podcast we, we like dove into that and got to nerd out for a little bit. Uh, sure. What else? Yeah, I love like animal facts. I think on one podcast, this guy was just dropping animal facts. Uh, yeah, so I don't huh. think I've really, really had. It's pretty similar most of the most of the podcast. Yeah, pretty similar. And just like today, we're kind of. I wanted to do. I was kind of thinking about that, you know, yesterday about what we were going to dig into, and I was just thinking, like, you know, the comedy to me was interesting because I kind of like comedy. And one of the things that I struggle with the comedy is is like it seems like. I don't know. Do you feel like comedy kind of fades in and out? I mean, obviously we have those people we talked about, Chappelle, these amazing people, but like the jokes, I remember when I was younger, uh, there used to be a lot more jokes out there. Like you'd hear like my dad would come up and be like, Hey, do you, did you hear this joke about whatever? Do you find that you're not seeing as many jokes out there? Or what do you think is up with that? Um, no, I just think now with the way like TikTok and Instagram and social media is, there's a lot of people who, who, who are famous on those things who would never be able to get up on stage and tell a joke or stand up in a room full of people and just say a joke. So now it's a lot more performative. Like that kid in like class when you're growing up who would just do something crazy and people would yeah. laugh. Now, it, now it's like that rather than like someone getting up and giving a speech. So I th- I think it's still the same amount of jokes. I just think the way we view them and the way they're, shared now is just just through a phone through 15 seconds of something stupid gotcha that makes sense yeah no that totally i didn't even think about that but that's right yeah so we're just it's it's different yeah you got you got these people that are instant uh you know tiktok stars by doing some dance right yeah and it's it's crazy because they i mean once you get to enough followers i mean it's it's sort of but once you get to enough followers like if you reach out to like a comedy club and if you can sell tickets, that's all a comedy club cares oh, about. Oh, right. If you can sell tickets. And so I've gone and watched people who are famous from YouTube or famous from Instagram or TikTok who have a lot of followers who who will sell out a 300-seater. And I'm like, wow, this is impressive. And then you watch them do st- – you, like, you watch them and you're like, oh, you're not funny. Like you have to – you're funny because you can like edit stuff or you're funny because you can like do it 10 times. Um, and I've seen people get up there and just like play videos and then narrate the videos and the crowd's like, this is like, we, I know we came because you do this, but this is stupid. Uh, or I've watched like TikTok people get up there and try to do comedy and then it's just, it's not good. And then the crowd just like starts leaving and I'm like, well, I mean, that doesn't, that probably doesn't matter to this TikTok person because while the show happened, they probably gained another hundred followers and they could probably sell out another show uh so it's it's fascinating to watch and then you get the opportunity to watch people who are really really good at comedy but they don't have a hundred thousand followers or whatever and you're like i wish those people were here to see this person who is good at what they do you know it's i mean it's sort of the going into like the fly fishing industry like you we all know people who can fish and when you say fish you're like that's a fishy girl. Like that's a fishy dude. Like they just show up and the, the they just know or they figure out what's up. 
and uh, and then you see people who you know have a have a lot of followers or whatever or, or have a lot of whatever Instagram fame is and then you're like oh you you don't actually know what you're doing or talking about as much as you think you should or people think so wow yeah that's crazy yeah that, that I mean walking out of a theater that's like uh and you're hitting it I mean you're hitting on like putting in the work right you're talking and that's what I mentioned about with Mark Marin before you know and what you do you know, it's a whole process, right? It's a whole process of failing and learning and tweaking and all that stuff. And and these, you know, somebody like you mentioned TikTok, you get in there and they've never done stand up before. They go in, they they suck, and uh, and I guess yeah, I guess they sold some tickets, so the 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 show's happy. But the people that went there, think of that. I mean, right? I mean, yeah, the word of mouth, the word of mouth on that person, at least from that stand up thing, could not be good. Or, or how does that differ from say that person versus you when you go up there? And you also have a terrible, you know, right? You kind of suck that day. How does that differ? Because it seems like, you know, obviously they're different, but it's a similar um, outcome. Yeah, I mean, like no one, no one. I mean, I'm not at the level yet. I'm, I'm trying to get there, and I'm, I'm working my ass off. But not, I'm not at the level where people are paying to see Elon. I mean, I still oh, have right. like friends and families that'll come out. Gotcha. But I'm not at the level of like. Oh, we went to the Elon Stribling show. Right. Um, so it's, I mean, it's different. So I can show up, and I every show I'm on, like I could, I could bomb, like I could suck the whole show, but people may people may remember it, but then like they're there to see whoever they're there to see like the main person. Mm-hmm. So I've, I mean, I've definitely sucked and been like, I hope no one remembers my name. Yeah. Um, no, but I've also I've also you know had opportunities to where. I jumped on the show and I was better, you know. Yeah. People come up to me after the show and be like, "You were my favorite. You were the best." Blah blah blah. And this is like while the person who they came to see is standing next to me. So, I mean, it just sort of, you know. Yep. Some nights it it goes in your favor and you're just having a good one. Sometimes it's just decent. Sometimes it is bad. Uh, and then it, there's every gap in the middle. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's sort of that's sort of nerve wracking. Also, of like. Yeah. Once you once like the idea of Elon starts selling tickets, that means like people are coming to see me, and then that that puts a little bit more pressure because then it's like, well, I have to make sure the show's good because people are coming to see me. You know? Yeah. I'm not just like the the middle act. I'm not just like the filler. I'm like the like the main course. That's exactly what I was going to ask you is that, so do you want to get to that point where you're the, it's the Elon show. So now everybody's paying to come see you. Is that something? And then would you like to see that where now that just becomes your full-time thing? That's it. Um, I mean, I, I do because I like being on stage, but I always tell people that I don't want to be famous from comedy. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to be one of these people that's like grinding for like, I want to be the best. I want to be a really good comic that other comics look at me and say, "Okay, Elon's Elon's legit. He's a great comic, great guy." I want I want to be on like that level, but I don't want to be like Kevin Hart famous or. And why is that? You said why? Yeah, why do you not want to be famous? It just it doesn't seem like the. I mean, the money. If I had Kevin Hart money, I'd be so happy. That's what I'm saying. Let's say the famous, a lot of money comes with that, right? You're, you're selling out shows. You're, you're, you're Chappelle. You're like, oh, I'm gonna, I got, I'm good to go. I'm gonna take a break. You're at that level. Yeah, I mean, the the money part of that is of obviously I want, I want that, but I just, I don't, 
I'm, I've never been a person that I'm actually pretty antisocial <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, I like spending time alone. And the only time I really put myself out there or, or venture out or say stuff is really when I'm on stage. So I, I, and I don't want the idea of fame of like always have, like once you get up to that level where you're doing comedy like that, it's like, you always, you always have to do that to keep it up. Like you always have to be go selling out theaters or selling tickets or traveling on the road and, and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want that lifestyle. I would, I would love the notoriety from other comics as like a respect thing to say like, Oh, Elon's good. But like the, the social media stuff or the, the losing part, like I, I'm not a big fan of like the ego um, and, and getting that all filled. So I, I just want to be a really good comic and also have like a full-time regular job. Gotcha. Cause then yeah. it's like, then cause I, I continue to do comedy because I, because I love it. Like if I want to take a break this week, I could, and I'm not going to like lose money. I'm not going to make any money, but I'm not going to like lose money. Cause I didn't go work a club or whatever. And I'm, right. I still have a job. Like I still have a regular life. It's just like at night I turn into Batman and I go and talk. That's it. That's cool. Yeah. So you got, it's like the best of both worlds. You can kind of do your thing that you love, but you don't have to worry about it basically taking over your life. Right. Yeah. You can imagine Chappelle as, as amazing as that guy is, I'm sure part of the thing when he took a break, he, you know, he probably was everything, right. He was like, man, this is, this life is crazy. Yeah. It was probably nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet it was. I'll bet it was. But uh, I think he's back out. Is he, I think, isn't he touring? I think he's touring again. Yeah, probably. I mean, that, uh, yeah, I saw him when he he came to Denver in 2000, I want to say 18 or 19, um, and performed at Red Rocks here in Denver. Oh, wow. And wow. I, I cried. Like, when he walked on stage, I cried. And I was like, oh, this really? Is, this is an unreal. Like, this guy is. Oh, you cried not about the laughing, just about the power of the of him being back. Just like him walking out on stage and his first couple jokes, and my friends were, like, trying to talk to me, and I was just. I was watching this guy who I like grew up watching. I know all of his jokes. The Chappelle show is the greatest, if one of the greatest TV shows, if not the greatest sketch show of all time. Yep. Like just this guy who like provokes talk stuff, but is everyone yep. says is like super sweet. And he's uh, the deep thinker and doesn't like, he doesn't, he moves his own. And I, yeah, he just came out and I just started like bawling, crying. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is. I mean, I always I joke with my buddies. You know, we still have that all these skits. Like, hey, I, I'm Rick James. Bitch. You know, yeah. I mean, you never forget that. I mean, that's that one, and he's had hundreds of those, right? I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, twenty twenty years ago, his sketch his sketch show stopped airing, and people still quote his sketches. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and why do you think that? I guess I go back to the Eddie Murphy thing, but. Why is Chappelle? What what is the thing? Is he he's just saying what it is, right? Is that I mean what what makes him so special? I think it's the the honesty of it, the facing the mirror at ourselves no matter who you are. And then the, just the like the silliness of it, like the absurdity yeah. of it. Like he has a sketch that I I think about costly, but it's when Gary uh Gary Coleman is like got fired from like working on TV and he like works uh-huh. in a little shopping center. And this oh, lady wow. like wants to get an autograph, and he says like I don't do that anymore. And she like goes to steal something, 
and he like jumps and like beats her up. Oh, uh, and it's just like a silly thing, but it's like this. Right. Yeah, sometimes celebrities don't want to be celebrities anymore. They just want to live their normal life, and then they still yeah. like just think they could do. So, I mean, it's just. I, I think it's just holding the holding the truth, but also it's just like silly, great writing and and fun ideas and and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, this is awesome. This is all, this is getting me fired up too. I'm gonna, I get excited about putting these together because in the show notes of this, I'll have all sorts of cool research. I'll, I'll get in there and get some old uh, Chappelle skits, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have this thing loaded. Um, before we get out of here, Elon, anything else you want? I mean, obviously we've been talking stand up, and this has been amazing. We haven't talked a ton on fly fishing, but anything about what you do? I know the brown folks fishing. Um, I know that's an important, you know, cause and things like that. Anything you want to give a shout out to before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, Brown Folks Fishing is a, a nonprofit I work with, um, and it's just to give people the gear opportunities to to get people outside and um, maybe getting the fishing, whether that fly fishing or you know regular conventional spin fishing, or just uh, interested in fish and clean water and, and stories and stuff like that. So um, check out the website, check out the um, Instagram page, but yeah, Brown Folks Fishing, and then uh. What else? Um, yeah, I don't really. I I think that's a. I think that's about it. I. Uh, yeah, I have a. I have a lot of fun fishing, and I. I like being bad at fishing and learning mm-hmm. from cool people and watching new ways to do stuff. I do want to give a shout out to all the steelhead anglers and say that you know you guys. You guys had to stop steelhead fishing because it's a stupid activity and you don't need to do it. But uh, huh. that's good. That's good. People are going to love that one for sure. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's a, uh, yeah, it's a crazy time with that, but, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Cause I was just talking about somebody still hunting on the great lakes, you know, obviously the West coast stuff has kind of been crazy with the runs, but, um, but yeah, over there, I guess it's not the runs. It's just that there's so many people and, and it's so busy that people can't even barely fish, I guess. But, uh, but no, I you, you hit on it. So there, there's a good joke for you. Do you want to do you want to take us out of here in a in a like a five minute uh, joke skit? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't. I'm just joking. <laughs> I had to get my I had to get my own joke in there. Uh, <laughs> hey, Elon, I, I appreciate this. This has been really fun. I, I know you got to get out of here, but um, I just wanted to you know, like I said, I, I think I heard you on a podcast. Didn't know much about you, and I wanted to hear a little about your story. I love that we dug into just the comedy because that's. I think who doesn't love comedy, right? I mean, you gotta you gotta appreciate all that. So, um, so yeah, thanks for taking the time today, and we'll we'll keep in touch with you out there. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for having me, and everyone, thanks for for listening. So I appreciate it. it means a lot. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes, all links, everything else we covered today, you know where to go. Wetflyswing.com slash three zero nine three hundred nine. We're working our way up to four hundred. 400 episodes it seems like we're we're closer to 300 but i'm shooting for 400 if you get a chance head out to wetflyswing.com slash fly shop f-l-y-s-h-o-p fly shop find out who our local fly shop is that you can support and support this podcast right now by checking out that link hope you enjoyed this one uh i love to sprinkle in some of these random episodes we could have talked about uh we could have talked about fly fishing the whole time and that would have been fine but the idea of stand-up comedy is pretty intriguing for me. Uh, you know, I guess, have we all thought about maybe getting up there, at least what it's like? I think that would be something that would be really interesting to do. And like you heard in this one, 
uh, Elon mentioned, I mean, he's bombed just like everybody that does it, like, you know, a lot. So <laughs> you got to, that builds something, right? I guess that builds character. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this one. And if you have any interest in some other random episode that you want to hear on this uh, podcast or a fly fishing episode, more specifically, uh, send me an email, dave at wetflyswing.com or in DM on social. DM me, uh, wetflyswing. That's it. Okay, let's get out of here. I hope you are getting on the water and I hope you maybe are getting online and checking in if, if you can't get on the water. Okay, have a great one. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.